From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Wednesday, January 16th. Our 2019 week of the conference championship games. Um, the, the new version of this app, Danny, has effects, so I can now give you a laugh track if you wish. See, there you go. You get a laugh track. I clearly. Um, all right, so here we are with one versus two and one versus two. Rams, Saints, Patch Chiefs. Um, both of these games are three and three and a half point lines, which basically means, if I understand betting and gambling correctly, this is a toss-up, correct? This is basically them giving... The natural three points to the home team, but this is a toss-up. Am I reading that right? Yeah, I'd say anything that's three and a half or under. You know, I usually like to use three as a barometer. Anything that's three or under, you know, if you're taking the other side of it, if you're taking the points, you're basically saying the team that is the underdog is going to win that game. So, as close to a toss-up for both teams as you you avoid the push and you have a little more wiggle room, but these games are a, a toss-up. That's how I'm viewing them, and yeah, we'll get into them. But, you know, I said last week I thought it'd be chalk across the board for wins. Um, it was almost chalk in the spread except for the Eagles. So it was what I thought it was going to be. Um, the game been a little more entertaining if the losing teams were able to make any sort of adjustment whatsoever, but they weren't. Um, and we got two blowouts, one game that seemed closer than it really was in the Rams and uh, the Cowboys, and a close game that, you know, maybe could have gone either way, but it, it really seemed like after the first quarter it was all Saints. So, um Big plays in all those games that really swung the momentum, and uh, you know here we are with I think the best four teams left, and you know I think maybe at the end of the day we're going to have the two best teams meeting up in the Super Bowl come uh, February second or third, whatever third. that day is. Third. You're thinking of February seventh, a second, because you're really excited for NFL Honors hosted by Steve Harvey. Oh yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, exactly. All right. Let's let's get into this. You talked about the Rams. Um, Dak tried to lead them back uh, late. Obviously, they outscored the Rams in the second half, um, eleven to ten. Ultimately, this game was won by the Rams. To me, this is a. We're gonna get to the Saints in a second. There is no more hostile environment, I believe, left in these games than. New Orleans. I know a lot of people are going to say Kansas City, but I think it's New Orleans. And for my money, what the Saints can do to you in that environment and make communication really hard is going to be a test for Jared Goff in the offense. It's going to have to be a lot of silent counts. You can't have false start penalties. And number two, I don't know if C.J. Anderson's going to run for 123 yards and two touchdowns again. I thought C.J. Anderson was on the street, to be honest with you. So, I don't know how to read the Rams. So, 
not talking about Saints Rams, but just the Rams in general coming into this game. What? How do you read them? So I'm looking at them from a number of different perspectives this weekend. I have one of the things I'm looking at is you know how can an offensive line hold up in that dome and. Uh, you know, the Saints lost a big piece of their defense with Sheldon Rankins going out. You know, he tore his Achilles last week. So, um, you know, I think they're going to feel some effect from that. I think where the Saints match up better with the Rams this time around than they did last time is, you know, just straight up with their corners. You know, Cooper Cup, I think, has been a big loss for the Rams. It might not show it with their record, but if you really dive deep into the stats, Jerry Goff's accuracy, ability to spread the ball around, it's really taken a big hit since he's gone out. Um, the Rams seem to have leaned on the run in you know, the last couple of games. That has been working for them. You know, Ty Gurley seems healthy. C.J. Anderson, like you mentioned, has been really a revelation for them in the last three weeks. But I don't know if the Rams are going to find themselves in enough positive situation in this game. You know, meaning that the uh, Saints' offense is going to go three and out deep in their territory, or that they're going to force they're going to be able to force turnovers on defense to create short field for. The, the offense, um, you know, in the first game, if you remember correctly, there were a couple of big gambles by both teams that paid off for the Saints. You know, the, the Rams went for it on a fourth down and six with a fake punt, and, and they got stuffed. The Rams, I think the Saints had a couple of big turnovers, you know, created on defense, and they played nearly flawlessly on offense. So will the Rams be able to create enough, you know, negative situations for the Saints on offense to be able to give their offense positive situations, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Um, this defense, to me, is volatile as they come. Um, and can Sue, every time I feel like he tackles somebody, I feel like he's going to get a personal foul just because, you know, I, I think he's an a-hole. Um, Marcus Peters, he's an a-hole. Um, Akeem Tlaib, you know, I love watching him play. He's an a-hole. These guys are, you know, I think might hit the point potentially in this game at some point in time where they create a situation that really negatively affects the Rams. So, you know, keeping all that in mind, you got to take that into account when you're a better. Like, you know, what does the personnel do? How, you know, how many penalties, personal fouls, et cetera. So um, I think the Rams offensively are going to have some issues with the crowd noise, containing the edge rushers. Cameron Jordan has been a beast, and he's one of the most underrated players in the NFL if you watch him. You know, week in and week out, he does everything for that team on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Eli Apple seems to be playing a little bit better. Marshawn Lattimore had a big game last week. Um, Demario Davis, you know, former Jet, I, I think you know about him, has been flying all over the place left and right. So I, I just think that the Rams are going to just find themselves in too many negative situations, and the Saints won't come out as flat as they did last week, which should be now in their rearview mirror, and they should be able to build off of the, the second half they were able to have against the Eagles. I don't think they'll be able to run a fake punt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, they had to throw everything out on the table last week. Uh, you know, they took a deep shot early in the game. I don't think we're going to see that this week. They had to run a fake punt. You know, they got a big interception by Lattimore and Foles. You know, you know, all these things ended up you know, changing the game and the momentum. But Sean Payton put his, you know, balls on the table and went for it. And he was able to get it and successful. And um, that, that is because of the game flow. Uh, you know, that game presented that opportunity for the Saints to go for it there. I don't think they're going to find themselves in that situation this week. I don't think they're going to find themselves now 14 nothing or 14-7. I think they're going to be in, ahead 
and force the Rams to have to make those decisions and eventually be the, the team that has that ability to, to stretch out the lead and, and take over the game. Um, it's interesting to me. Drew Brees has been in this spot. Jared Goff is not yet. Jared Goff has looked calm all year. He's been really – sorry, all, all playoffs. He's been really calm and collected. How do you think he's going to perform – in this spot because this is the biggest spot of his career into a really hostile environment he's got to be accurate because of those corners playing aggressive are you confident in jared goff if if this was if if there was postseason fantasy and if he was on your roster would you start him yeah i'd start him he had a great game down there last time i think i trust mcveigh and his play calling and then trying to put the rams in the best situation i just don't know if Goff is comfortable going to people that aren't Woods, Cooks, or Gurley. You know, is he going to throw it to the tight ends if they're open? You know, is Josh Reynolds going to be able to create separation and get open? How is he going to have to feel if he can throw if Cooks and, and Woods are, are covered and it's a big third down play and he's got to go to his third option? You know, I think that's where Cup comes into play. Not being there, Cup created that scenario where one, two, three were his wide receivers, and then he has to check down to Gurley. They give you four best players as your top four options. That's not the case anymore. So I, I'm interested to see how they how they play that. You know, if he's going to be comfortable going to other people, will the Saints focus on taking away Gurley and make him beat him with the wide receivers? They're going to take away a wide receiver, make him beat him with Gurley. I, you know, I don't know how the Saints are going to really approach that. You know, they did give up 35 points last time they played them. So. Um, it's going to be interesting, but I think we'll know after the first quarter or so if the Rams are still in that game, it's going to be close. It's going to go down to the wire. If the Rams are fighting uphill on the road in that environment with, a, a, you know, basically a, a first-year playoff starter and coach, it'd be interesting to see what type of gambles they take. And, you know, when you take the gambles, that's when you put yourself potentially at risk of turning the ball over. So. I think if the Rams can keep it close to the first quarter or so and not allow the Saints to get ahead of them, then maybe they'll be able to stay in that game. If we see what the Eagles did last week, have the Saints do it this week against the Rams, I think that game could be over pretty quickly. Um, we are talking to Danny Flecky here on the betting and fantasy preview for the AFC and NFC Championship games. Chiefs, Pats, the Pats were a totally different team. You didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. James White exploded. Gronk was a great decoy and did some great blocking. Brady was accurate. This is the Pats team a lot of people expected all year. Didn't see it all year. It suddenly showed up against the Chargers and blew them right out of the building. Um, we'll get to the Chiefs in a second, but just from the Pats, is this a one-hit wonder? Was, was there something wrong with San Diego that led to this for the, for the Pats? Or is this the start of something for the, uh, the, the long-loved and or hated uh, Patriots. Uh, I mean, I spoke about it in fantasy when we did our fantasy projections and looking into it. Uh, Tom Brady, towards the end of the year, really starts to fall off a cliff a little bit, and he's had that his entire career. And then as he gets into the playoffs and gets an extra week of rest and re-energizes, he comes back popping. And we saw that this week. And I thought the Pats had an excellent game plan. Uh, they used. Gronk as a lead blocker and decoy and whatever you want to call him, he was um, not the Gronk that we saw last year in that game and the year before that. You know, he wasn't that pass threat option and Edelman was able to get into the pockets in the zone. Um, they ran a lot of a lot of screen plays and 
San Diego just didn't adjust at all to what they were doing. And um, the Pats took advantage of it. And on defense, they were able to get around to the ball. They limited San Diego, uh, San Diego. the Chargers' rushing attack. They forced Phil Rivers to throw the ball downfield, uh, rushing throws, everything else along those lines. But it was at home where they are undefeated. And they had not even lost the game all year. And the Chargers, I'm not using this as an excuse for them, their third straight road game, traveling multiple, you know, times in the last couple of weeks, so lots of miles put on their body and psychologically, mentally, all that, all that stuff had to play a part at some point. And um, we've seen it happen in the past with Pete Carroll, disciples, especially the defensive side of the ball, Dan Quinn, uh, Gus Bradley. Now they don't adjust to what's going on in the game. They play their coverage, they play their base, and they're not going to. Uh, Weed from that, even if they're getting torched. And we've seen it happen multiple times and multiple times by Tom Brady. So I put that a lot on the Chargers' inability to adjust and be creative enough on defense and offense to see what the Pats were giving them and maybe at least try to make that a game. They, they did at the end, but the Pats didn't give a shit. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Pats do this week against a well-coached team, you know, a team that is not afraid of them, that has played them tough the last couple of years. This time they have them at home, and it's going to be interesting to see how Andy Reid adjusts both offensively and defensively if his team's in a rut. So I think that's the biggest thing to take away from this game, is, you know, which coach do you trust the most to make the adjustments if their team is in trouble? And you have two great coaches, uh, very experienced coordinators on both sides of the ball, um, and, and we'll see what happens. And, and we saw the Chiefs do it week six. You know, they were down big at halftime. They came back, one-score game, passing a last-second field goal, and they won the game. Will the Pats be able to get away with that again this week? Will the Chiefs be on the opposite side, you know, forcing the Pats to make the adjustment? It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Speaking of the Chiefs and adjustments, the Colts failed to make any kind of adjustments, and thus... They um, they failed to do anything of of consequence. Um, where are we now with um in in your mind um, with was last week a testament to the Colts being awful or was it the Chiefs being really really good and Patrick Mahomes being really special both running and throwing the ball? I think last week was a little bit of both. You know, the, the Chiefs blitzed them early. It was 14 nothing before you could even, you know, put it down. And by then, the Colts, whatever game plan they had or whatever adjustments they planned on making had to go out the window because they had to get back into that game. Um, you know, I credit the Chiefs for not letting them back into the game, even when it looked like they were going to get there, you know. Um, they stopped them on that last drive before the half to – Fourth them into a field goal. They missed the field goal. They come out of half. Chiefs fumble. The next play, or the play after that, Andrew Luck gets strip sacked, and the Chiefs get the ball back. So the Chiefs made enough big plays to keep the Colts at distance when it looked like they might be coming back. But, I mean, we, we saw it We saw it two ways, right? We saw Kansas City got to a big lead, and the road team, the Colts, weren't able to make the adjustment or able to fight back. And then we saw in the Eagles game, you know, they were out 14 nothing, but then they weren't able to make the adjustments when they were up to keep the Saints at bay. So it's going to be interesting to see what types of adjustments are made in both these games. If there's a, 
know, gutsy fourth down call, if there's a certain formation that's giving people trouble, or there are certain players giving the team trouble. Um, you know, we'll see how these coaches adjust. But, you know, we have some of the brightest minds in coaching going off against each other this week. And I don't think we'll see a repeat of last week where teams were just unwilling or didn't want to make any sort of adjustment to get their team a chance to get back into the game. So, uh, you know, my money is on, you know, and uh, is on Sean Payton outdoing McVay and on Belichick outdoing Reed. But there's... Uh, a lot to take into consideration, you know, with these games other than that and, and you know, with Kansas City, it's the weather, which is a big thing that I'm taking into consideration this week when, when, I'm, when I'll be making my bets. It is going to be really, really hard. We will get to your bets in a moment. Um, when, when you look at Patrick Mahomes, same thing with Jared Goff, first time in a big spot for Tom Brady. This is, this is routine. He's, 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 he's like LeBron James. He's not used to having the middle of January off. Um, in the same way LeBron's not used to having May and June off, which he might this year, depending on how soon he can come back from this groin injury. Um, are you confident in Mahomes? Because here's the thing about the, uh, about the Pats. You look at their defense, and it's not the best defense ever. They're vulnerable up front. Um, but Hightower's good. The secondary is good or decent. Um, decent to good. They, they caused some havoc last week for Phillip Rivers. Um, I can see them using some deceptive schemes. I can see them trying to fool Mahomes the same way that um, uh, somebody got fooled last week. Who uh, who fooled last week? They they some quarterback got fooled horrible last week. I'm forgetting who offhand. Um, but I I can see deception being a factor. I can see all kinds of things being used by Belichick to throw Patrick Mahomes off and gauge how smart he really is. Where's your head at in terms of, of, of Patrick Mahomes' intelligence coming into this game? I'm not too worried about him. You know, Andy Reid, this is his, what, fifth championship game. He went there four times with the Eagles. Uh, he knows what this game means. He's been the home team, I think, in every single championship game he's played in or maybe, you know, one road game, whatever it is. I think he's done a really good job preparing Mahomes week in and week out to be, you know, in a situation to succeed. I think it comes down to identifying immediately, if you're the Chiefs, who it is that the Pats are trying to take away. And we've seen in past weeks, I mean, in past games against the Chiefs, that uh, they would take away Kelsey. Um, and, you know, they would take away their run game, or they would, you know, take away the option, whatever it is. It's who they're going to take away. And we've, we've seen in the last two matchups that these teams have played against each other in the regular season that Kareem Hunt, was the one guy they could not contain. So it went just buck wild against them. So without Kareem Hunt, who are the, the Pats going to focus in on? Are they going to try to take away Ty, Tyreek Hill and the deep crossing routes and, and all the window dressings they put on, the, the, the vertical, I mean the horizontal run game that they have and passing game? But they try to take away Kelsey in the middle of the field and force Mahomes to look deep and play coverage behind that. Um, it's going, to be, it's going to be important that they identify that quickly because while Damian Williams has been a great addition, uh, you know, plug-and-play for the Chiefs, he's not Kareem Hunt. He doesn't do the same things as Kareem Hunt, and Belichick's going to know that right away, and he's going to figure out how to take him completely out of the game without having to dedicate a ton of resources to it. But then after that, who is the one guy that they're taking away? 
And I think once Chiefs do that, if they're able to do that very quickly in the game and adapt to it, then I think Mahomes will be fine. If he's not, and if he thinks that Tyreek Hill is the guy that they're trying to take away, and he continuously is trying to throw deep and cut and drive short and forcing the ball in and getting interceptions, it will be a long day for him. So, you know, it's up to Reed to figure that out and for Mahomes to take that information and do things differently. But they need to identify that because we all know that Belichick's going to do that. So, they, you know, as they say up here, they want to make you play left-handed. Find out why they're, you know, why they're going to be doing that and then adjust from there. So, my, my money is on Kelsey being the one they're going to try to take away. He's a safety valve. He's not going to beat you with deep patterns. You can maybe dedicate, uh, you know, sort of a bracket coverage while also keeping an eye on Hill. Um, I think they're going to put Gilmore on, on Hill. He's been their best cornerback all year. And then maybe some safety help with him and then put, you know, one of their faster slot corners on um, on Kelsey. I think they might put McCourty on Kelsey with some uh, other help there, maybe with Chung uh, helping, you know, bracket him or uh, Hightower or Van Noy. So, um, I think that's how the Pats are going to approach this game and be like, okay, Sammy Watkins, Chris Conley, Damian Williams, all these other guys, you beat us. And if we have to let you guys beat us, and we're fine with that, but we're not going to let these two guys do it. All right, so Danny Flecka, your pick. Now, this is not, this is, we're going to do this in two parts. Who do you think will win the game, and then where are you putting your money? So, first part, who wins Ram Saints? I got the Saints winning that game. Um, I, I picked Chargers Saints in my Super Bowl prediction. Saints yes, you did. Chargers are not. I like the Saints, and for from a betting side of things, I like the Saints at three and a half, and I like the over in that game, which is I think fifty-seven or fifty-eight. I like the over in that game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I think it's going to be a fast game. I think teams are going to be going up and down. But like I said, who makes that adjustment? Who is able to get ahead first and, and really run away with that game? But I, I do think. We see something of a 38-31 game uh, with the Saints covering. The over, the over under I have is fifty six and a half, but I might be looking at, at at the initial line that came out and not the current line. So, um, we'll you can check on that. But I agree with you that the over is probably the right way to play that one. All right, Pat's Chiefs, who wins? So a couple of stats I'm going to throw out there uh, for this game. Tom Brady's played six playoff games on the road in his entire career. Um, he has won twice in Pittsburgh, lost three times in Denver, lost one time in Indy. Uh, what that means for this week is that this is a, a, a situation where Tom Brady tends to be a little bit normal. Uh, he, he tends to maybe go into these games and not have his best performances or his team is weakened, whatever it is. I think the Pats are about as healthy as they can be. Chiefs are as healthy as they can be. The Chiefs are playing for the first time to go to the Super Bowl since 1993. It's going to be cold. It's going to be, you know, really, really volatile, hostile there. Um, the first thing I'm going to do, the first bet I'm making is the under, taking the under. The Pats haven't hit the over in a championship game in years. If you take a look at their past, like, five or six championship games, I think the over-under right now is 53, 54, 55. I, I don't know. The thing it's 55. Where what I'm looking at is 55 and a half. They haven't come close to that in the past six years when they played in the championship game. I think it's going to be a very conservative game on both sides of the ball. I think the Chiefs are going to be looking to chew up the clock. I think the Pats are going to look to chew up the clock 
and special teams will come into play here. Both have really good special teams, good punters, good kickers. I think this game comes down to a play that is unconventional, and that is a cute uh, wide receiver pass or uh, a double reverse or, or something like that. And I think the Chiefs have more of that in their bag of tricks than the Pats do. And while the Pats do have it and they do bust it out in these types of games, I think the Chiefs are due. And I think that if Andy Reid doesn't get there this year, he'll never get there again. And I'm waiting for this line to come down because a lot of money is going to come in on the Pats and Brady's never a dog. I was talking to one of my buddies at work today. This is the first time the Pats have been a dog since the 2012 or 13 AFC Championship game in Denver. Think about that. It's been six years since Tom Brady has been an underdog in a game. Mm. That just goes to show you how much respect Vegas has for him. So for them to be a dog in this game shows a lot. I think a lot of money will pour on the Pats. I'd wait to take the Chiefs at minus two and a half. If you can get it, maybe minus two even. At minus three, I would lean the, the pad. I mean, at plus three, I would lean the pad. As soon as it goes under three, I'm taking the Chiefs. So I'm taking the under right now at today. I'm waiting to watch that line a little bit. Um, and I think the Chiefs will win this game in a, in a really close, I think, epic game. I think it's going to come down to the wire. And it's hard for me to say that the Chiefs are going to win this game because, you know, it's hard to trust Andy Reid in these types of situations, but I just think they have more athleticism at the end of the day on offense and more creativity that will eventually show in the late parts of that game. So I'm picking the Chiefs straight up, wait for the Chiefs to get two and a half, hit the under. We, uh, it's going to be interesting. 20 degrees, winds 10 to 15 miles per hour, very cold. That is the Sunday night forecast. Right now, from I, I, think, I think I saw eight degrees, like almost down to zero, potentially down to kickoff. I mean, it's going to be cold. Well, hold and on a second. Let, let, let's just clarify a couple things here because this, this forecast um, has changed. The single digits, temperature wise, is now Saturday night in Kansas City. What you are referring to is the wind chill, which I believe is going to be somewhere in the low to mid-teens come kickoff. But I don't think the extreme cold is going to hit Kansas City on Sunday. I think it's going to hit it on Saturday. Uh, we'll see. I mean, that stuff changes. Regardless, it's going to be cold and windy and nasty. And, um, you know, the Pats are built for this. They've, they've dealt with it in the past. But uh, I just think when, you, when everything's on the line, you're going to apply your ass off. So... It pains me to see the Chiefs. I might flip-flop, you know, six more times before the weekend comes. But uh, I'm going to say with the Chiefs, Chiefs and Saints in the Super Bowl in Atlanta in a couple weeks. We shall see Danny Flecka. We will see you in two weeks uh, to talk about whatever happens. Or you can come on next week and just recap the championship games. It's your call. Uh, we'll see. I mean, there, there'll be some early betting lines and props and everything else like that to go over and... Uh, but yeah, recapping these games I think will be fun because I think uh, I know I've said it every week. I think we're gonna get some really good games because we have the best teams and the best coaches left in uh, in the NFL. So we'll see what happens. Re- really quickly, thirty seconds or less. The weirdest prop bet you would ever bet on for a Super Bowl. Like, are you somebody who like bets on wardrobe malfunctions during halftime shows or how long the anthem is or anything like that? 
No, but, you know, they usually have, like, over-unders for, like, different people being shown, like, you know, Bob Kraft or the president or, oh, like, whatever, you know. There's, there's going to be a storyline that comes out during the week that will create a prop bet that you didn't think of. So, yeah. Um, we'll see what happens with that. You know, if, if Trump is there, I'm sure that they would have an over-under how many times CBS shows Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I know I think that was a prop bet last year, so... It depends on the storylines that develop throughout the week, but I'm sure there'll be some ones like that that are like, you know, who's going to be seen the most times on camera, which owner, blah, blah, blah. Uh, none of that stuff ever appeals to me. I'm, I'm just looking for the, the game-controlled prop bets that I, I, I know I can kind of get a grip on. Danny, thanks as always for coming on Teeing It Up. No problem, man. Have a good night. You got it, and same to you guys. Thanks for listening.